Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, this is Nikolai, this is episode 63. What are we going to talk about today, Nikolai? Let's um, talk about logical replication decoding, everything logical. <laughs> everything logical, yeah, I like it. So this was your choice, why did you choose it? Just because I realized we didn't talk about it and also I wanted to congratulate our colleagues from GitLab with very, very good successful upgrades to uh, major upgrades without downtime at all and without data loss at all. So it was based on logical. So I think I have something to say about logical now based on that work. I, I, I expect from them, we actually discussed with them and uh, agreed that uh, there should be materials published, textual and also talks. We actually could invite them to discuss it. Uh, it's um, probably a good idea. But it will be mostly about major upgrades involving logical. But let's discuss logical itself, and because it's interesting that more and more systems are using it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's getting better and better, right? It's been getting better in recent releases. Uh, it's about to get better again in the next release. And you were just telling me before the call, there's some exciting changes coming in the uh, year ahead, hopefully as well. Yes, I would like to use version from 2025, I think, or so, because it will be <laughs> definitely much better. It's, it's getting improvements every year. There are still pieces that people need, but not don't have yet. For example, DDL, replication of DDL, one of the biggest pieces mm -hmm. left uh, unsolved. But uh, it's already much better than five years ago, definitely. Wonderful. Should we start there then? Should we start with a bit of history? Yeah, let's talk about history probably. I remember when there was discussion that replication should not be implemented in Postgres core. It was like 15 years ago, there was opinion that replication is something like external to Postgres. Uh, let, let's rely on other tools. It's not the job for Postgres to have replication. It's so strange, similar to discussions of auto failover and so on. And such systems were created. One of the most noticeable were Sloney, once of Sloney, and Londeste from Skype, and also Bucardo. I used two of these, Sloney and Londeste. A lot of work to set up and to maintain and constant headache, especially Sloney. It was a lot of work, a lot of maintenance work. And these systems were logical replication. They were based on, for example, on triggers and some insert or write, any write happens on a table. It's also written to different table and propagates to different Postgres. And uh, this was like overhead was not only maintenance, but also performance, obviously, because you basically you double your writes. So you need to write to two places. Uh, and to avoid data loss, uh, it slows down all transactions, writing transa transactions. Yeah, so I mean, Londester was great. It was uh, based on PGQ. It, PGQ was implemented in a very good way in terms of scalability, in terms of performance, because it was using partitioning and like everything was well. But still, some maintenance w was needed and it was not pleasure to uh, deal with it. But in version, like later in version, I don't remember. And some version, maybe 9.0, not 10.9.0, physical mm -hmm. application was created. And it became the main uh, way to replicate uh, data from one node to another. And so 
I mean, people before physical replication implementation, people relied only on third-party tools like Sloney and Londeste and only on logical replication to achieve HA, uh, high availability. With physical replication, where wall records are replicated as is, it became much like less headache. I mean, physical replication also not trivial, but it's it's much more reliable, and it's based on the on the idea that we have wall already, right? Wall yeah. is our way right ahead log is our way to re- recover from after crashes. So if we crash, we just redo all changes since the last successful checkpoint and we are already in consistent and good state again. So the idea was let's be constantly in recovery state on standby nodes, constantly recovering. That's why, by the way, the the function to check if it's primary or, or standby is called PG is in recovery, which is confusing because you might think we recently crashed. We didn't, I mean, we probably crashed, but if we crashed and in recovery, you cannot connect. If you can connect and ask PG is in recovery, it means it's not in recovery, it's just a replica. I mean, standby. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't know that. It also reveals the implementation details, how a replication <laughs> was created based on recovery. And then uh, hard standby was created, meaning that you're not only recovering on the standby nodes, but you also allow read-only queries. Yeah. Because why not? And so, of course, a lot of work was done to achieve this, but uh, I'm just like trying to have some high-level overview of history here. And then, after several years of development of physical replication, obvious idea was the very same wall records we use to provide recovery and physical replication can be used also for logical replication. It means that with logical, it's called logical decoding. You just read what is in wall record. If it like insert this this data, okay, we can say let's execute insert SQL insert. By the way, it's very confusing for those who use tools like PG Wall Dump, and it's now in fresh Postgres. It's available through SQL. You can read wall yourself and see what's there. It might be confusing to see insert, delete, and update. Uh, uppercase because it's not cell uh, it's not sql it's physical operation tuple level like if you delete 100 records 100 tuples uh, you will see 100 independent deletes delete um, records in wall and they will be translated to 100 delete sql statements on logical replication by the way it also shows that Logical can be implemented differently in different ways. For example, in MySQL, it's very different. It can be statement level. You can just take a statement and propagate it to a different machine. But in logical decoding, logical replication in Postgres, it's based on wall, the same wall we use for physical application. So if you have multiple tuples, operation with multiple tuples, you will see multiple SQL queries on the subscriber side. It's called subscriber. For publisher, subscriber, logical has different, logical replication has different terminology than physical replication. Not primary standby, but publisher and subscriber. Mm-hmm. So logical decoding was created and it opened opened a lot of new possibilities uh, to replicate based on the same wall, to replicate at logical level. 
meaning you recreate cluster, you have different cluster, you lose your bloat, you can lose your indexes, you can have different set of indexes, you can have different uh, major version, and you can have different uh, database management system, it can be not Postgres, but something else, based on logical decoding, right? So, it's great. I mean, the development of it, it's not super fast. I mean, it's a very complex thing, and other systems implemented things, Postgres lags many years. But currently, in 2023, logical decoding, logical replication, especially with release 16 and previous release 15, a lot of work was done to make them mature, and it's already can be used for very heavily loaded systems, like dozens of terabytes, hundreds of thousands of TPS, and this can help you to achieve zero downtime operations. Of course, you need to understand many things to achieve this, a lot of interesting things, and still some things are missing, but things are improving. That's like oh, my small overview of history. Details. Yeah, nice. I don't know anyone who could uh, like consider Slony or Londesty these days. I mean, maybe some people think it's better right now, but I, I would just consider always logical decoding and replication if you need logical level. Yeah. The only other thing that I've se- the only other thing I've seen it used for that you didn't mention is that you don't have to. Unlike physical replication, you don't have to replicate everything. So you can take a subset. Oh, a filter. Exactly. <laughs> Or maybe you are forced to use logical. For example, if you are using uh, managed Postgres, RDS, Cloud SQL, they don't provide physical replication connection uh, outside of their uh, infrastructure. So it means that you need, if you need to replicate between clouds, for example, or you on, on your managed Postgres service, or you need to migrate, you are forced to use logical replication. It's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing because these cloud providers, they also rely on logical replication to migrate customers from Oracle or from from competitors. And this helps uh, develop uh, logical replication further because they are big users of it, right? And it's in order to achieve zero downtime, right? It's kind of the change data capture part of it. If, If... I mean, we could migrate from those systems through dump and restore, right? But not without downtime. It's the key aspect that enables you to do it without or with minimal downtime. So downtime is not related to dump restore. I'm not sure why you... So let's say we're we're moving from Oracle to Postgres Mm -hmm. and we want to... We we could take a, a dump modify it and send it through something and put it and restore it as Postgres, right? We could take the the, the well, data. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. not an expert in Oracle. And first of all, AWS and GCP, Google Cloud, they have uh, so-called database, database migration services, DMS. And uh, they support from system to system different directions. Also, there are companies like systems like Click and Fivetran, commercial systems, also there is Debezium open source. So they uh, help to make, to uh, create replication from different database management systems. <laughs> when we talk about logical decoding and, and replication, it's actually between either between Postgres or from Postgres to somewhere else. True, true. But I don't know anyone who migrated from Postgres to Oracle. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, not yet, actually. I don't know either. Right. But let's uh, consider, like let's discuss in general picture in general. So <coughs> when you, you you need to use it, you have two stages. First is initialization, and second is so-called CDC change data capture. 
streaming changes, not streaming, replicating changes. Because streaming is about physical replication, not, let's not to mix term, terminology. So initialization is very challenging if you have a lot of data. I mean, it's, yes, it's kind of dump restore, and it can be, uh, dump restore can be with dash J, mean, means like with parallel, of course, you put a lot of stress to your disk system or network system, uh, but if you can afford it, it's, it's good. I mean, you can move faster. And there is a big trade-off. For example, if you consider initialization of logical replication for Postgres, if you have, for example, 10 terabytes and 100,000 TPS, what you do prefer? To read from disk slower and have, like the problem is, when you read while you are reading, you already open logical slot because you need future CDC to start from the very beginning of your, like when you read, you read it with, uh, bitch dump reads it with repeatable read, transaction isolation. Why? Because we need a snapshot. So all data, all tables are in consistent state, all foreign keys matching and so on. Even if you run pg dump dash j, there is a snapshot there. And this snapshot cannot go away because we need to finish initialization, copy, initial copy first, and then start CDC from that point where this snapshot was created. So if you read slowly, disks are okay. I mean, like 10% of your capacity in terms of disk I.O. But it means that you need to keep this, Postgres needs to keep this snapshot very long. And this will affect, guess who? Autovacuum, right? Because AutoVacuum cannot delete dead tuples, uh, which became dead after our snapshot creation. And so we have a, tra a trade-off. We want to disturb AutoVacuum less, so we want to move faster. But it means uh, we will put a lot of uh, stress onto our disk system. And every time you need to decide based on uh, capabilities of your infrastructure in particular situation. So there is no universal recipe here. For example, if we say we are creating this from some system which nobody is using, for example, it can be dedicated replica with no failover, no, no load balance flags in Patroni. It's like dedicated replica. Probably we can utilize 100% of disk I.O. capacity and move as fast as possible because it will report with host and by feedback, it will report to primary. Or we can turn off host and by feedback in this case, and allow uh, replication to be practically paused for a long time, but we need to adjust settings for it. Is this, right. this is new though, right? Is this, this is new in 16? What? Being able to do logical replication from a physical replica. It's a good question. Uh, you can create a slot on the primary. Uh, remember its position in terms of LSN and snapshot. And then you can ask open transaction on standby, a repeatable read transaction, asking to deal with the same snapshot and read it from there. Yes. You just, okay. it is, this, this can, it's a possible, it's like synchronization. And pitch dump actually has not only dash J, but it also has, uh, I don't remember option. It, it has ability to specify snapshot ID. So you can dump from, Standby, not disturb primary. But standby, we, we have different dilemma, different trade-off. Hot standby dilemma, we discussed it, I think, right? So it will report yeah. to primary, and we have auto-vacuum issue again. 
or it will not be able to replay physical replication while we are dumping because we have yeah. long running transaction. So mm-hmm. hosted by dilemma, it's it's interesting thing. We can zoom into it one day, but in general, uh, it's possible. And uh, of course, if you do it from primary, uh, yeah, it's so. So what you're referring to Postgres 16 feature to have logical replication, including CDC from standby. This is great. This is super great. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about initialization process. Yes, good point. And last bit of information here. And by the way, there's a very good post from Michael Pacquer. I'm sorry for pronunciation. I am constantly using this. There are some blog posts which I'm using for years and recommend all the time. And people say thank you all the time. Like, I, I think we should have like something like um, golden ri- library, how to say, like golden hall of blog posts. Because there are, there are some posts which are useful for a very long time. So there is a post about uh, how to synchronize position of slot and PG dump. It was in 9.5, I think. It was implemented in 9.5, this, this kind of thing. The only problem, if you want uh, to know logical slot position, not only in terms of LSN, but log, log sequence number, but also in terms of this snapshot ID, you need to create this slot. You cannot create this slot with uh, SQL. You need to use a, a replication protocol. So it's kind of different type of yeah. connection. And many vendors of logical replication systems, including Click, don't understand that for years. And I tried to help them. They, they don't understand. They continue using SQL. In this case, you cannot synchronize properly and you have duplicates if your subscriber lacks unique keys. So inserts might overlap and happen twice. So this is initialization. Last, one last bit about initialization. Mm-hmm. You can convert physical replica to logical. This is super cool for very large databases. You just use recovery target LSN. You create slot, you know LSN. You physically replicate until this LSN using recovery target LSN. And then just reconfigure Postgres to continue with CDC, with log, uh, logical replication. It's possible. It's good this rest. is so cool. Last time when we were talking about replication more generally, you brought this up, but I think it was a theory. You'd, not, you'd done it in tests, but you'd never done it in production. I believe now you must have done Well, I'm guessing that's how yeah. GitLab did it. One of the tricks is this. The mm-hmm. only problem, if you first achieve recovery target LSN, switch to logical, and then upgrade, this is a problem. And there is a post in Hackers which discusses while on logical, you cannot run PG upgrade. You need to first run PG upgrade and then switch to logical. And this is one of features, I think, which is also under development to make it officially supported without additional manual actions. But it's doable already. So, yeah, this is what uh, was used there. So, again, like, how to understand what you need, which kind of provisioning you need. If you have, like, less than one terabyte, probably you will be fine everywhere. If you have one to 10 terabytes, probably you would like to read faster to cause less bloat. By the way, if you cause bloat on old system and you are going to switch to new one, you don't care. Yeah, a temporary <laughs> issue, Okay, right? some degradation. On, since logical replication, in this case, we are dealing with fresh cluster, with, you're losing your bloat. Like, like, have a joke, like, with RDS, they don't allow physical replication. They allow only logical replication. So they don't allow me to download my bloat. 
<laughs> like I can download only my data losing my bloat, but, but what if I need my bloat? In some cases, for example, testing, like lower environments for experimentation, you probably want your bloat to be, to be preserved, right? Because this would help to have more like realistic testing, more, more You'd like in real production. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying, but you can create your own, like, in a way, you are creating your own bloat on the uh, logical replica, right? If you're, if you've got autovacuum running in the same way and you're running the same workload, you probably are getting bloat in yourself. Right, but ex- imagine it's not, it's not the have, same bloat. <laughs> exactly. If if you have uh, like ninety percent bloat, rel pages is higher. Yeah, it will affect plants. So yeah. it's it's not it's not a good problem. Yeah. Yes, yes. So the real pages. Yes, I'm very familiar with this problem. But you're getting your you you're getting kind of like different bloat. Different bloat is different. I mean, like, and also okay. Yeah. But it's it's a different topic. So if you have one to two terabytes, for example, you probably want to be very careful optimizing how you do this initialization of logical application. But also important if you want everything or some part of it. Right. True. Above ten terabytes, I would probably think about if you if above ten terabytes, and if you want everything, it's better to convert physical replica to logical, preserving all bloat, by the way. <laughs> and Wait, use what? It. So converting a physical replica to a logical replica. Again, you can so you said? have you have physical replica. You mm-hmm. replay. You, you say uh, recovery target will send. Putting yes, okay, I'm with you now. Position of slot. You created slot, you know LSM, you put it to your physical replica and say pause, for example, or promote. Depends. I don't remember. This is also interesting detail. I don't remember our decision actually here. We experimented with it. You can say either promote or pause, pause until when it reaches uh, LSM. Once it, it's done, you can say, okay, now it's logical replica. All all my bloat will be with me. It's it's bad and good. I mean, it's good for testing. It's bad for, I mean, I would like to get rid of my bloat. Uh, if you provision logical replica in a regular way, you are getting rid of bloat. It's like dump restore. It's a good thing. Uh, but in this case, uh, we if we have a lot of data, like 15, 20, 30 terabytes, probably we want to convert physical replica to logical. But only if we don't need uh, to take only, for example, if we want, if we need to take 10% of it, it's kind of resource waste. Like you will need to perform a huge cleanup afterwards. Yeah, of course, because you're physically replicating the entire thing for only 10% of the benefit. Right, because physical replication doesn't allow you filtering. Yep. While with logical, you can say, I want these tables only. Or even like as of as of recently, you can even do like just these columns from these tables, or even even like where yeah. fil- it's pretty impressive how much you can filter that now. Right. Uh, next step would be let's uh, probably replace PII with something, right? Yeah, I guess like, that is a change data capture problem. Yeah, you could. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Like let's create some rules and in some tables, some columns, we will apply some modification on the fly and during initialization as well this would be super cool feature i think nice some regexp or something yeah i think it's doable and it's doable right now already if you go down to logical decoding level 
losing all features from logical replication, native for logical replication, and just apply yourself, making some transformations if needed. Mm -hmm. But again, like if it's a small database, regular approach. It's uh, it's larger database. Think about uh, this trade-off: disk versus overhead related to vacuuming. And if it's super big database, consider a physical to logical approach. It's interesting trick, underappreciated, I think, right now. Nice. Do you think there's a limit size-wise? Like if you're, if you're accumulating changes on the primary during that that flip, what's the impact? This is already about CDC. Like okay, CDC. Cool. Okay, sorry. It's, Do you want to move on to that? Yes, yes. So, so CDC is interesting. First of all, most of the problems you will experience with logical are related to CDC. Inability to apply changes from standbys, from physical standbys, until Postgres 16, which hopefully will be released the uh, day before we publish this podcast, since we are not uh, online. Fingers right? crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed, right. So this solved. Like why this is important? Because nobody wants to start from scratch if primary is down, for example, and it's good to be able to uh, replicate from standbys. Also, in terms of overhead, of course, logical decoding is small overhead. There are cases when while sender, which sends data for logical replication, can saturate one core. And if you have multiple, like single slot, it's always single process, well, single wall sender. And usually its utilization is quite low. In some cases, for example, if you delete a lot of rows and then roll back, delete a lot of rows, roll back, delete a lot of rows, roll back, like this is a harmful workload for logical replication. And at levels one or two walls per second, you will see wall sender saturating your CPU, even quite good one, like Xeon, modern, like Cascade, like something, it's, you will see 100%. And uh, it will be bottleneck of logical replication, uh, which, by the way, is very hard to solve because uh, even if you, for example, decide to use four slots, for example, all of them will be parsing everything. Even if you need like only part of data, they will still parse all all, all data. So you will okay. see four slots, but it's very rare. I, it's interesting in my like experience. I saw it in non-production, and I thought it's a big bottleneck. But in reality, our real workload is not like that. It's not mm -hmm. like marking a lot of tuples with X max, meaning they are deleted and then rolling back. No, no, no. Normal, normal writes are different, so probably you won't see saturation of wall senders. If you do see saturation of wall senders or CPU saturation, it's bad. It's not solvable right now. Like, bad news. But again, it's rare. So probably you don't like being able in Postgres 16, being able to perform CDC from standbys, from physical standbys. It's good because uh, you don't uh, have overhead on primary. And different thing, uh, what happens if primary is down? I don't know if if it's possible to, like, I'm new to Postgres 16 also. So big problem is uh, how to sustain various failures. In like, logical replications should be also highly available. Because right now, at least until Postgres 16, if primary is down or the node, like, from where you perform CDC, change data capture, is down, you need to start from scratch. You need to redo initialization. And this is a huge headache. I see the work 
to sustain switchovers, failovers, ongoing for Postgres 17. And I also know, using some tricks, Kukushkin implemented for Patroni, Kukushkin implemented support for switchover. So we stream, we logically replicate from primary, but if we switch over, we don't lose slots. Slots should persist. This problem, I think it's not solved in 16, but it looks like good chances it will be solved for 17. And it's solved in Patroni using some tricks. Use on your own risk. I remember, I think Craig Ringer, Craig Ringer helped in the GitHub issue uh, with some good insights how to implement it correctly, but officially it's not supported. I mean, officially by Postgres it's not supported. And it's a big problem of CDC, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I didn't know it was solved in, or there was a solution for it in Petroni. That's very cool. Yeah, so there are two problems, big, big classes of problems. High availability and performance. I already touched a little bit both. About high availability. Uh, if node is down, okay, use Patroni and this feature is good. Uh, what else bad can happen? For example, DDL can happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. And DDL is not solved. It's in, in commit fast, uh, requires review. There, there is, I think, version four of patch uh, proposed. It's good to see that it's uh, in work, in, in progress. Uh, this is super good if uh, this will be solved in future Postgres versions. Because if DDL comes, <laughs> usually, at least you can mitigate it in many cases. I mean, uh, what happens? Uh, CDC stops. I mean, replica logical replication stops. The slot sta starts to accumulate a lot of changes, risk to be out of disk space. And you need to just, you, you just need to replay the same DDL on the subscriber in most cases. It will help. Yeah. And then it will restart automatically or you have to yeah. kick that off again? Yeah, it, it will pick it up. Here we like must say logging all DDL is a good idea always. All DDLs yeah. should be logged, must be logged. You will like save a lot of nerves if you have logs of DDL. For yeah. example, here you just fix it manually. I, I did manual many, many times. Some DDL happens, especially if you have some automated partitioning. Yeah, and, true. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people, like for example, if you're doing a major version upgrade using Logical, I've heard people try to put a feature freeze on, you know, no changes while we're right. doing the upgrade. But if you're partitioning, that's happening automatically. Like, you uh, need yeah, to post part point. automatic partitioning. Yeah, or create so, the next few, or like create the next few in advance, like or right. depending on how you're doing things. Right. Another interesting thing that some DDL uh, can be left unnoticed. For example, if some index was created on the publisher, nobody will notice because indexes doesn't don't matter. But you can lose this index, and like one month later, you will realize you have slow queries again, and you need to recreate it because it doesn't block. Index creation won't block you. No, right? but it's also not replicated. Right. The well, that's also a feature, though, isn't it? Like, the, I like the. Yeah. I've heard of people using it for analytics database, where you want the data index in a different way, or you want like you want to do rollups on it or something, and you don't want those indexes. So it's, it might. Be, I wonder if they're going to do it so it's optional to, or you can control which DDL gets replicated. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yes, yes, that's a good idea, and uh, with logical replicas, so we don't have host and by feedback problem. But we might have problem with the lag. For example, in many cases, one slot is not enough. 
and I'm talking not about wall sender, which is quite rare. I'm talking about logical replication worker on the subscriber side and it's an ability to catch up all the changes in, in proper time. For It can be related to disk I.O. or CPU saturation I saw both. And in this case you might want to consider multiple slots. But here we have an interesting problem uh, many people don't realize. It's a, it's a minor problem actually. So the problem is that if uh, you publish all everything, this DDL is very light. You say, I'm, I, I want, I'm going to publish all tables to this slot. Okay, it's easy, just, we can just continue. But if you want to balance, first of all, you need some balancing algorithm, for, and uh, it's good if you base this algorithm based on tuple statistics from PGSTAT all tables. Saying, okay, we want to distribute rights between four slots or ten slots, like as even as possible. But then you you are going to publish a bunch of tables in, uh, to one slot, and this uh, publishing requires alter table, and alter table guess what? It requires a lock. Unlike publishing all tables, hmm. and when you want this lock, uh, guess who can block us? Our old friend Autovacuum running in transaction idea around prevention mode, which yeah. everyone every every DBA should hate. Because you prepare beautiful procedure, you are going to implement to run it at 1 a.m. not sleeping, and then you forgot about this. So any changes, any like any DDL, anything, any complex changes, always should keep in mind that autovacuum is yielding and will kill it itself, unless it's running in transaction idea wraparound prevention mode, which won't mm -hmm. yield, and you need to take care of it yourself. So this is interesting, but fortunately this kind of issue, this kind of um, conflict won't lead to uh, downtime, unlike uh, alter table add column, because alter tab table add column will block selects. This kind of lock, I don't remember details, but this kind of lock uh, which is needed to define publication for table, mm -hmm. even if you cannot acquire this lock at seed for 10 minutes, for example. It happened some someday yeah. in my in my experience. You will just be blocked. This is the worst outcome. Selects will still be running. This is good. What about modifications, like updates, deletes? Uh, yes, yes. So DML mm. won't be blocked. So likely your users won't notice it. So it's a, it's a super interesting thing how to distribute between slots, and there is also another very big caveat from having multiple slots. With single slot, all things are simple. With multiple slots, for example, imagine table A and table B, and they have foreign key between them. Table A is published to one slot, table B is published to different slot. And like a race two, condition or something. Two slots, two different legs. Right, yeah. so, so foreign keys is a problem. By default, mm -hmm. they will be ignored, by the way, by logical replication. I didn't know about oh, it okay. until recently. So logical replication ignores foreign keys and allows eventual consistency if you use multiple wow. slots. So Postgres eventual consistency is uh, eventual consistency is a, a, um, official approach in Postgres as well. Wow! Just use Indeed. logical and multiple slots. That's it. <laughs> and you can enforce it, of course, but you don't. You won't like it if you enforce it. So it depends on the situation, of course. But uh, if, for example, it's for 
big migration from major Postgres version to the Nava major Postgres version, or you deal with Glipsy version change, something like operational system change. In this case, probably you want to allow it, just don't uh, direct, don't redirect read only traffic to such replicas. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, like, of course, don't redirect read traffic because it will be split brain. All, all multi-master split brain, multi-master, it's almost the same, right? I'm, I'm joking. But, and uh, you probably want a short pause before resuming traffic. Like you of course, to catch up all the slots, yeah. to ensure no data change, no changes uh, are lost. Of course, yeah. of course. And in this case, you, it will be already in a in consistent state again because a publisher uh, guarantees it. Foreign yeah. keys on publisher side guarantee it. But it's interesting, right? So if yeah. you use multiple slots, you cannot redirect it on the traffic as well. Mm. It means testing strategy is different. The only thing I don't think we've covered that I had to look out for was I've seen a few people report issues with sequences. So like those not synchronizing between the publisher and the subscriber. Honestly, I don't remember details. I like, yeah. I think there was some work done to, to support it. Eventually it should be supported. Not nice. in 16, right? Not yet. I don't think so. No. Right. But it's not a big problem. You just dump all values and you propagate them to new primary and just add some constant for safety. The sequences are eight bytes. So if you add one million, nobody will notice it. I mean, in some cases, of course, big gaps are, are is a problem. It depends. But uh, it requires some additional coding, but it's not a, a, as uh, annoying problem as a lack of DDL replication, in my opinion, in my, ca in my cases I, ha I had. Yeah, it's it, it's solvable as opposed to not solvable. Uh, I've just seen it trip people up on their first attempt. Right, right. Or just use your UID, but version seven, please, which is not officially supported by Postgres, but some some uh, libraries in your favorite language already supported. By the way, news from there is that standard progress is happening. Hopefully, we will see standard uh, releasing version 7 i mean uh, rfc for uid nice. version 7 soon and we already have a patch for postgres if things go very well in postgres 17 we'll support this very cool. because postgres is waiting for rfc to be finalized nice and these are like timestamp ordered uuids they, they call it like lexical lexicographic or yes so so basically uh, yeah. if you order by new uh, new ids will be close to each other right yeah great uh, audible uid right there are many things about logical there are many things i i don't remember any everything i just wanted to share some most like challenging things i had recently yeah that's so, wonderful i've learned a lot about uh, multi-slot especially i've learned myself mm -hmm. recently many things about it but I think honestly, if you just you can, the good thing about uh, logical replication, if you do it very carefully, uh, not allowing slot to accumulate of a lot of data to be out of disk space. By the way, Postgres 15, I think, got or 14, got previous versions, got some setting to say maximum no, maximum number of bytes in slot, and if you reach it, it's better to kill the slot than to allow out of disk space. Space, yeah, right. So if you uh, do it carefully, users shouldn't notice your experiments and you can run these experiments uh, on production and test it and prepare good procedure and then 
when it comes to deployment, you already have everything verified right on production, right? So this is good to think about it. And if you just start with one slot and see it's enough, it's good. You're lucky. Yeah. If you have, for example, multiple thousand tuple writes per second, for example, 10,000 tuple writes per second on primary, it's quite significant load. So in this case, probably you will need to, uh, to have multiple slots. In this case, if you have partitioning, you, you will say thank you to yourself because if you have huge table unpartitioned, it will go to one of the slots uh, representing, for example, like 50% of all load. Partitioning helps here. It yeah, nice. doesn't help in some cases, but here it helps a lot to, to redistribute uh, writes among slots. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you use multi- multiple slots, be careful with this foreign key issue. Yeah. Because uh, your, your replica will be inconsistent in terms of referential integrity in any given time until you perform switchover. And switchover is interesting. Yeah, probably we should discuss switchover for one day also. Yeah. I like your idea of the algorithm to work out which table should go where, but the foreign key thing makes me think if you've got kind of clusters of tables that have foreign keys between them and a separate cluster that have foreign keys, like if you could separate those, that would be cool. I, I explored um, this idea with machine learning with k-means. K- it, it, it works quite well in some cases, depends on, on your schema. So you can, right. And we, we know K here. If you want four slots, our K is four. <laughs> so it's easy. But uh, unfortunately, in well-developed systems, relationships between tables are usually quite complex. But it's, it's a valid idea. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nikolai. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And see you next week. See you. Oh, of course, uh, as usual, reminder not to forget, we have YouTube. We have Podcast published everywhere, literally. So Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, everything. Just go to PostgreSQL and subscribe and you will see it and choose your favorite method. As usual, please subscribe, please leave co- reviews, stars, reviews, and leave ideas in, on YouTube or on Twitter, what you want. We have a document uh, where you can add your idea for future episodes, some feedback. So we would really appreciate it. And on YouTube, we continue publishing Polish transcripts, subtitles, right? So if you want, you can recommend your friends uh, who barely understand my Russian accent or Michael's British accent and uh, subtitles help a lot. And also they can be automatically translated quite well to many, many languages by YouTube itself. So you can see subtitles in your language. Yeah. So yeah, YouTube's great for the transcription and for the translation and the podcast ones, we do edit out some of the the ums and the ahs and also some bits where we go off topic a little bit too much. So if you, if you want the slightly shorter version, then those are there for you too. Right. Right. So we invest in, uh, quite a, an effort to, to these subtitles and we will continue improving. Okay. Thank nice. you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.